Welcome to the Mama Bear Apologetics Podcast. A podcast where we teach you to roar like a mother. And by roar, we mean recognize the message, offer discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and reinforce these ideas with your kids. Unless you want to growl around your house. I mean, that's cool too. <laughs> You're like, check it. We keep it reels. <laughs> that's so bad. You're awesome. Mama Bear Apologetics is a listener-supported program, so if you like what we do, head on over to the Mama Bear Apologetics website and click support. It's time to rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. Welcome to the very first podcast of 2021. And uh, although we are nowhere even close to getting out in January. It still counts, though. Yeah, it still counts. You know what? It's still the first one. That's okay, even if it's like February. Um, But we have a good reason for this. And this is something that we've hinted at all over like the last couple months, but we haven't made any official announcements. So... Uh, we're going to officially say Amy and I are almost com- uh, almost finished with book two. And yes. the topic, which we haven't told anybody yet. Uh, it's a sexu- good one. Sexuality. We are yeah. tackling the topic of sexuality. And um, I think this is actually could not come at a better time since mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a lot of SOGI laws that are going to be passed. That's uh, in the first hundred days of this presidency. So I yep. think uh, this book is going to get oddly and more and more relevant just the closer we get to publication date, which will be in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, that that is why you haven't heard from us in, in a little bit, in a hot second. So um, but there, man, 2020, Amy. It's been amazing. <laughs> 2020 is like going to become a verb now and be like, oh, I just 2020 that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And see, I love, you know, that match commercial where it's like Satan gets connected with yes. 2020. That is like the best commercial ever because it just perfectly sums it up. It's it- been a bit of a dumpster fire. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't like we were just talking the other day about some of our favorite headlines. So I look for like what were the you know, there's the ones that everybody knows Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, the plague of locusts in Africa, the murder hornets, all these things Mm -hmm. that are going to go down. It's like, of course, that of course that happened in 2020. (laughs) So but we found a couple of ones that we had not heard about. And uh, do you want to tell them about the Bolivian orchestra, Amy? (laughs) Okay, so this one is my favorite. And if there are any sort of movie producers that watch this or if you have a friend with them, this needs to be a movie. So apparently there was a Bolivian orchestra that was trapped inside a German castle, which they claim was haunted, by the way, for 72 days by wolves. <laughs> wolves. How does this happen outside of a grim fairy tale? That's how it happens. And yeah, and what was it? They were, they were trapped there because I think one of them got COVID and, you know, so of course you had the quarantine, but then they were, you got the wolf thing and yeah, yeah, the quarantine and then the wolf thing and then the haunted it's, team and it was a full Bolivian an orchestra in Germany. So it's like, it's perfect. Why I mean, not? Of course that it happens. writes itself. It, it writes itself. There's only two places this could happen. It could happen in 2020 and it could happen in Florida. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen all those Florida headlines? It's like, no. if it's like you Google your birthday and you just look at the Florida headlines, you haven't seen people oh do that. My gosh. Okay. So no, yeah. no. I've done the one where you like put your name in and you Google and the first picture that comes up is like your, oh, you're supposed to put your first name and then glamour shots. And then whatever the first picture is, that's like your picture. And oh, oh man, the cl- I had the actual classic. glamour shots done. I know what that looks did like. Did you? So I did. Oh, no, we know. Oh, you haven't seen that shots. at my parents' house? I'll point it out next time. I'm in eighth grade <laughs> and I look 25. Um, wow, anyway. classic. 
messy. Yeah. So we have lots of stuff. You know, we had Kanye uh, Kanye West ran for president. Uh, the whole country ran out of toilet paper. I mean, yeah. Come on. So yay, 2020. And I'm just saying that uh, 2021. <laughs> I'm hoping that we have the image that I want to use for this. I have the picture of Buffalo yeah. Man at the state capitol. It's yeah, like, that's you know, crazy. This guy looks like a Viking and he's at the yes. state capitol. He's got the horns and everything. I think he's got face paint. I'm like, what is what is, <laughs> happen- mix- what is happening 2021? Mix I mean, come a on. Viking and Braveheart kind of going on. Yeah. And he's standing behind one of the, the desks in uh, in Congress. It's like, you know what? I, I'm just, uh, we're just going to go ahead and set it. 2021 is not looking like it's off to a better start. <laughs> All I'm going to say is I'm not going to feel bad wearing pajamas to Target anymore because at least it's not a buffalo helmet. Yeah, 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 that's true. Although, you know, for face masks, why not? That's a legitimate face mask. Um so anyway, we I thought it would be a good idea. We had this whole we we have a whole series that we are still planning mm-hmm. to do on uh, the book Rules for Radicals, but it's a bit of a mm-hmm. Debbie Downer. So we thought, you know what, let's start out with a little bit better and talk about we're, we're going to do a series on just fostering joy in 2021. And yeah. so the topic that we're going to be talking about today is basically gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. What are we learning about gratitude? How can we foster gratitude in the midst of just all the chaos that's going on? And why is it important? important to foster gratitude. Oh yeah. Uh, so and it's so, uh, it's so important now because there, there were just a news uh, report that came out talking about how kids anxiety levels have been rising. Mm. And one thing we can forget as parents is when we have the news on and our news is probably the same as everybody yeah. else's. It's always negative and scary and everything. And the discussions that we have, you know, our, our little ones have, have big ears. They will, uh, they will t- take that. They've internalized it. You know, these mm. anxiety levels are raising in kids. So this is just a great way for you to, to just refocus and to yeah. help bring encouragement to the kids and not always see, um, not always see the bad. And that's, it reminds me of that Abraham Lincoln quote that if you look for the bad in mankind, you'll surely find it. Oh yeah. And the same goes for good. If you look for the good. And so we have to be careful that we aren't always focusing on the negative yes. because that does, it, um, uh, that does impart on our kiddos. And we want them to also look for the good, not in the naive Pollyanna sort of way, yeah. but um, just to be aware of, of how important that is. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked about a couple of verses here, just uh, like first Thessalonians five, 16 through 18, that talks about rejoice at all times, pray without ceasing, give thanks in every circumstance for this is the will. This is God's will for you and Jesus Christ. Anything where it specifically mm-hmm. says this is God's will to me, that's like, yeah. you know what, we should really pay attention to that. And so this idea of giving thanks, gratitude in every circumstance. Well, we've got a whole podcast on it, so we're going to get into that. So let's talk about why gratitude is important. So we kind of hinted, and in fact, the Abraham Lincoln quote kind of hints at it, this, this idea that uh, ingratitude is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to find something to be sad about, you can find it. I remember, yeah. uh, I, I think I talk about this real briefly, maybe in the book, my I'm worthless o'clock. Have I told you about that, Amy? My- you did tell me about that. In fact, yeah, when we were planning this, you told me, but I don't think we've ever covered it in a podcast. Okay. So, so um, I'm worthless o'clock is kind of a joke that my husband and I came up with because um he noticed that right around a certain time every night, it's like all of a sudden I just felt like worthless. Like I've not done enough. I'm going nowhere. Um, everything I do is horrible. You know, the, all my writing is crap. Well, well, not that I still like a lot of my writing, but like, you know, like all my efforts are just, I don't know. I just became worthless. Mm. And, um, 
we finally figured out, and I, actually I thought about this theory. I think there's somewhere in my past that my energy level and my feeling of worth somehow accidentally got connected. And mm. so when my body was naturally coming down and being like, okay, it's ready for bed, I would feel tired. When I feel tired, I don't feel able to do all sorts of things. And so apparently somewhere where this misconnection happened, when I feel tired, I feel worthless. And so I would start rattling off to John. John and I would get into bed and I would start rattling off all the things that I had done wrong or mm. you know, like that I wasn't, not, not that I'd done wrong, that I wasn't doing good enough or all the things that were hopeless. And so we finally, when John was like, Hill, this happens every night at like nine o'clock. Um, I was like, oh, he's kind of right. It, it kind of does happen at the same time every night. So we we turned it into a joke. It's my I'm worthless o'clock. Um, That's so funny. And so it, it's sort of a joke now. And, it, you know, realizing, oh, yeah, there was probably some weird you know, thing that connected, I can kind of take all that stuff with a grain of salt. But the point is, is that when I was feeling sad and feeling worthless, if I wanted to find things to feel worthless about, I could find them. Um, If I wanted to find a way that everything was, you know, coming crashing down, I could find it. It's a Mm self-fulfilling prophecy to sometimes you even make the work. I don't want to go into all like, what was it? You know, the secret, you know, the the laws of attraction. We're not going there, (laughs) but there is a a certain way that you can have self-fulfilling prophecies, especially when you're looking for something bad. So in, in gratitude and gratitude, I think kind of work the same way in not, not in the same way that you actually make things happen, but it, it changes how you see things. Um, yeah. Like, Oh, you and I watched that movie. Um, I feel pretty by, yes. uh, and that actually illustrates this point. So it's, it's a cute little movie. I'm not sure what age that would be for, but anyway, she has this change in perspective where she thinks she feels pretty, but the thing that the movie does, who was it? Amy Schumer, right? Amy Schumer, so, who I would normally yes, never so, recommend. God, she's, <clears throat> yeah. She could be a little crass and the, the movie gets compared to other movies. Isn't, isn't that bad, but it, the message is really good because yeah. you know, she's kind of a, she's trying to compete in this model world and yeah. you know, she's kind of a thicker gal in comparison to you know these size double zero models. I call it Hollywood fat I means she's a yes. totally normal size but in totally Hollywood normal. that's considered fat right. that's, I'm Hollywood fat I think you'd still pretty look, much look great either way you're still <laughs> yeah, thin there Hollywood standards um, um, but uh but yeah no it was great because you see how her self-perception changed she was more confident when she felt pretty you know I feel pretty yeah. she felt more confident she was more um outgoing and and she uh, and interpreted daring. she interpreted yeah. all these things like you know these uh construction workers were whistling to each other to get their attention and she's like oh you know thinking they were whistling <laughs> or her she actually interpreted yeah. things differently or mm. someone opens a door for her and she, um and she realizes oh it must be because I look so pretty so yeah. she actually saw things that would have totally been there Mm. even if she felt ugly Mm. but the fact that she felt pretty she reinterpreted them in life so that's kind of how it is of gratitude and ingratitude is not that it makes things happen but it makes you notice things that you wouldn't have normally noticed yeah it changes your perspective yep it changes your perspective so in that way yeah it's a self-fulfilling prophecy um number two just ingratitude is the doorway to a lot of other sins. So Amy, you and I have talked a lot about this in terms of Romans one. Do you want to discuss that a little bit? Yeah. So Romans one, 
outlines sort of the fall into, and it means specifically into sexual sin, but it, mm-hmm. it goes into every sin because when you look at, uh, especially verses, I think it's between 30, 32 right there. It has this huge yeah. list of all these sins. We're talking about being rude to your parents, oh, being ungrateful, being deceitful, stealing, lying, slander, you know, all of this stuff and how it, it starts at first with ingratitude to God. You end up cutting off uh, your heart from, nope, God isn't doing enough for me. So I'm mm-hmm. going to leave him aside. He isn't meeting my standards. So I'm done. And that ends up totally throwing you into this cycle of sin and degrading behavior. You know, you turn your back on God, your thinking becomes clouded, your heart becomes deceived. And from the outpouring of that, you end up degrading your body with all sorts of awful things, whether it's sexual immorality, or like we said, stealing, lying, slander, hatefulness, negative, you know, all of these things. So it's so important to keep your focus uh, in the right place because it does end up helping your spiritual walk as well. Yeah. We, we thought about having like a whole chapter on this because it was just this huge epiphany. Cause so there's yeah. a couple of things that people usually think of for Romans one. And number one is like, they, they think of the, um, you know, God's wrath being revealed by people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Yeah. It also talks about how um, basically the attributes of God are known from what has been made so that man is without excuse. And they also use this for this is that whole passage on starting out with um, the giving up of their bodies for degrading with one another. So lots yep. of sexual immorality. And then it moves on into uh, it says, you know, it went from natural desires, got them up to unnatural to desires, unnatural. got them up. Idols of their own making, either in animals mm-hmm. or in their own image. And oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, how much do we see that today of these idols being made just to look like uh, other folks? Yes. I mean, yeah, goes into homosexuality and then it goes into basically a, a, a society gone crazy. Yeah. It has the longest list of things you've ever seen. But what we noticed when we were going through it or what I noticed was um, uh, it all starts with for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. I thought, oh my gosh, this entire like smorgasbord of gnarliness starts Mm -hmm. out with ingratitude. Yeah. And so like we wouldn't think of gratitude and sexual faithfulness going together, Mm -hmm. but they do, Um, which is why like, I think maybe as we'll see if I do it, I don't know if I'll do it as like my token when we get done with this book, because this has been such a difficult book. I would like to get the word gratitude tattooed right there. Just as a reminder. I know I tried to get I don't do needles. No, she's like, I'll be there with you. And I'm like, come on, I'll hold your hand. Like, I'll write it with a Crayola bonding. marker. Yeah. And I was like, it'd be this great bonding experience. And she's like, mm, maybe not. No. Um, but <laughs> I've been always thinking about, you know, what do I want? you know, a tattoo that like, to me would just be like one of those reminders that I need reminders of. So gratitude. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, not having gratitude. And it's so deeply tied with entitlement. I mean, Ooh, and yeah. entitlement is such a toxic thing to have because then you feel entitled <laughs> to something that you may not have been allowed to have or something that was never meant to be yours in the first place. Yeah. And it really does. It's, I mean, it just eats you away from the inside when you think you're entitled to something and you don't get it, or maybe somebody gets more of it than you do. You, you weren't happy about anything. There is no gratitude. There's no thankfulness. All you're doing is looking everywhere else and seeing how you aren't measuring up to that, or you aren't getting what they are. So, I mean, it, it really is. It, 
you know, you, you want to make sure that you keep that out of, of your household, out of your, your spiritual walk, because it does, it steals your joy so fast. Yeah, it does. So, you know, first ingratitude is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Second ingratitude is the doorway to most other sins, but number three, and this is one of the ones that I like, especially as a biology nerd is that gratitude actually changes your brain. Um, And there have been a lot of studies done that actually look at the effects of gratitude on people. In Mm. fact, uh, Amy, you, you were talking about a study where across, okay. So talk about, let's talk about mental health first. (laughs) Mental health in 2020. Mental health in 2020. So tell me, tell me about the Gallup poll that, that you discovered on that. So our pastor brought up this poll during service uh, a few weeks ago, and I was just floored by it. Absolutely loved it. So they did a survey of mental health uh, with 2020, and they did every single demographic, male, female, Democrat, Republican, um, even up to how much your family is bringing home a year, 40,000 up to upwards of hundred thousands. And they noticed that with every demographic, mental health went down except for one. Those were the people who were religious and attending church regularly. Their mental health during 2020 went up. It didn't matter who they were voting for as president. It didn't matter how much money they were bringing home. It didn't matter if they got COVID or they didn't get COVID. Their mental health went up because of their faithfulness. And I mean, I I think that's just incredible. It shows the power of God that you can be in the midst of the storm and yet you are still going to see this spiritual flourishing. You are still going to be able to rest in him because your priorities are there. You understand that ultimately God is in control, that he has purpose and design for your life, that this purpose and and design isn't contingent upon what happens in this earthly life, but it's the promises that we have for eternal life. That perspective is what enabled mental health to go up for these religious folks rather than anybody else. I mean, you'll have someone who, uh, and the, and we'll have to put a link to the study so you can see it for yourself. But I mean, gosh, when you think of 2020 and how bad it was for folks who've lost their jobs, you know, people who were still making upwards of six figures a year still did not have the joy that Mm. folks maybe only making 40 and attending church had. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is an amazing Testament. And I can actually say like John and I have talked about this. We talk about how, you know, 2020 was just such a weird year, but I, mm-hmm. we've talked about, you know what? I think this has been the best year of our uh, best year of our married lives. Like the, our yeah. marriage has been better this year. And I would have to say personally, my mental health has gone up. And, and I mean, there's a lot of other things that that could, can be contributing to that. You know, I've um, yeah, I've been really working on, on that aspect of me since probably 2019 after that horrific 2018, um, which was my worst year of my life. Basically, mm-hmm. I think that 2018, everything seems fine. As long as it's not 2018 again, I'm fine. But yeah, I've noticed that I, I think if I take in the survey, I would have said the same thing that my mental health has actually gone up. Uh, but I think that's also because I'm in a, in a, how should I say, the community that I live in is very sheltered. <laughs> yeah. So it's been nice to be kind of like in this little bubble while everything's exploding everywhere else. So maybe that might not have been the case if I'd been in a big city, but mm. yeah. Anyway, I found that to be true as well. Um, so next, um, oh, and there's also a study, we're going to have a link to a study about, uh, and here's a quote from it. Gratitude is strongly correlated with various measures of well-being and experimental studies suggest that gratitude actually causes increase in happiness. Mm-hmm. We suggest that grateful responding can be enhanced by training and noticing mm-hmm. the good in one's life and by encouraging interpretations and appraisals that have been found to promote 
gratitude. And that kind of leads us to our, our last point, this idea that gratitude can be fostered. Gratitude is something that mm-hmm. it's not like we just have or we ask the Lord to have it. It's something that we can actually participate in making it. So, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, here's all the benefits of gratitude. Here's all the bad stuff that comes with ingratitude, but like, Mm -hmm. how exactly do we do this? So Amy, what are some ideas that you have for how do we foster gratitude so that we're actually increasing our feelings of well-being and our, and basically our joy in the Lord? Oh, absolutely. No. And honestly, I love that aspect of that quote where it talks about it. It's enhanced by training. I mean, this shows that, you know, it does have to be cultivated just like all spiritual disciplines, you know, patience, joy, kindness, self, uh, self-control, all of those have to be fostered and people don't typically have those naturally. So it's just <laughs> awesome that it's like, okay, this requires a little bit of work. A little bit of so work. the first way that we're going to suggest is and you've seen this in our mama bear books that we talk about the roar method. We want mm-hmm. you to start applying this to situations that either you and your family are facing, or maybe your kids are going through. And the first thing that you do for the roar method is you affirm the good, you affirm the positive. Well, you that's talk the about, discernment. First thing. Oh, offer discernment. No, no, no. You, well, yes. When we're looking for there. Yeah. We want yeah. to talk about, make sure that, um, in the, Oh, that we, Oh, huh? in the, oh, oh. the oh. offer discernment. Sorry. I'm being like a five-year-old right here. No, this is great. I love the hand movements. It's very festive. <laughs> so, um, what what we want you to pay attention to is we want to look for the good in this mm-hmm. situation. Now, this, again, like we said, this isn't supposed to be this naive movement um, yeah. that you're just supposed to block everything out and put on your rose colored glasses and sing Kumbaya mm-hmm. or just look for the good that's in there. So it's mm-hmm. very easy to to notice the negative things. Yeah. But instead of focusing on the negative things, we want you to first talk about the positive things. Yeah. Yeah. And so and this is actually something I, I have kind of a personal story in this. Um, yeah. For some of our listeners know, I, I had cancer. That was back in 2010, 2011. I did about seven months of chemo. And so at the time I had a blog to kind of help. I, you know, I have family and friends that are all over the country to kind of keep them updated with my progress. And so I had this blog, uh, I think it was like blogspot.hillary2.0.com. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it had Hillary 2.0 in it because I've got that (laughs) tattoo on my foot now. Um, But uh, one of the things that I would do is a lot of times, like I felt compelled to write when Mm. I was really feeling down. And I was just, you know, this, this is going on or like, you know, this is what's happening with my blood levels. And I, you know, I wasn't able to go and do this, you know, I'm not able to leave the house now. Oh, now I can't drive, you know, all these different things that happened. And, um, but I kind of followed the method of what I noticed that, that David does in the Psalms. One of the things I love mm-hmm. about, if you want a good epic rant, like <laughs> uh, everything sucks, I'm, you know, everything is going to hell in a handbasket. You know, there are a lot of Psalms for you. And uh, oh yeah, there, there's a specific name for those Psalms. And I'm trying to remember what the name of those specific types of Psalms are. But, mm. but, um, but one of the things that I noticed that a lot of times is at the end, he'll, he'll, he goes into this, the big, but, but God, yeah. you know, yeah. but God in his faithfulness, but I know this mm. to be true about you. And so I had two motivations. Um, one of the motivations was, you know, I wanted to, you know, to model how David did, but the other motivation was really a prideful motivation that I was like, man, if I just put this out there and I look like, you know, I just am hopeless, then number one, it's, I'm going to look like 
I'm going to, uh, this is so embarrassing to admit. I'm going to look like a bad Christian. Um, I'm going to mm. look like I'm losing my faith. And basically I, w- I want to be, you know, I want to present a face that is, you know, something that people can look up. Oh, look, look how, look how, yeah. You know, the glorious little turn. martyr who never, oh, yeah. never the frowns little martyr. And so there were the legitimate, like, you know, prideful. Well, this is how I have to do it. You know, if I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, portray a Christian face. But what I noticed was when I would write the blog and I would get into the stuff of like, but this is where God is faithful. This is where God is faithful. It literally changed. Like I mm-hmm. always felt better at the end yeah. of every one of those blogs to where it got to be that I wasn't doing it because I'm like, Oh, this is what a good Christian's supposed to do. I did it because man, that this changes the way I see things. And so there, there are studies that yeah. talk about how this actually changes your brain. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And this is why it's a good science. thing to be. A, yeah. Yeah. Science. Hashtag science. <laughs> um, we love it. So that's just in a story, kind of how I've done it in my, in my own life. So mm-hmm. yeah. Make sure another thing you can do. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say something that, that Lindsay told me, she's like, if you can't roar in your everyday life, well then, you know, we were talking about just being in leadership and mama bear and like the, the necessary things for being in mama bear leadership. And one of them was being able to roar in your everyday life. And mm-hmm. so she was saying that whenever her kids complain about something she forces them she makes them find what is something good that you can find in this um so there are whether or not it's an idea that they don't like or it's something that's Mm. happened that that is you know sad or something they're complaining about she makes them find something good so that's how mama bears can you know kind of do that with the kids no, and it's and it's important too because self pity is especially mm. easy to fall into, especially for kids. You know, they got the whole social media thing, victimhood. It's mm. it's like a it's like a whole movement now. So yeah, it's great when you can equip your kids to see things from all perspectives. And a great way you can do that is modeling in your own life yes. because our our greatest testimony is our our actions and behaviors in front of our kids. So if they see yep. us doing it, they're going to start internalizing it and they'll start doing it themselves too. They'll yep. stop and they'll stop and think. And I've I've seen that with my kids stuff that we do that they've just picked up on that we haven't coached them on that they're doing. And I'm like, Oh, you know, yay. I'm not feeling sometimes so much. It makes you cringe. <laughs> sometimes it makes you thankful. Like, Ooh, I'm yeah, glad I yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Their sense of humor is one of those things. Like we always joke that we're like, you know, we want to screw up our kids just enough to be funny. We didn't realize it would take so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, Your kids oh, are funny. Man. Yeah. That, y'all you are know, funny. they, we have a good time. So. <laughs> I want to be in your house. So, but, uh, so next thing, so we talked about, um, you know, how to do it, just noticing purposely choosing to find the good. Cause you're going to notice the bad yeah. first, but then cho- choosing mm-hmm. to purposely find the good in things. Um, and we're actually going to go more into this in the next podcast about having mm-hmm. joy and suffering, but, mm-hmm. um, also just realizing that what you have is enough and that, that oh, fostering yeah. contentment. So how would you do mm-hmm. that with kids, Amy? You know, and it's one of those things to where we fostered contentment just with some of our life choices. We um, we wanted to get our finances on track. So we downsized our house. We went from a 2,200 square foot house to an 800 square foot house. Um, our boy, three, our boy shared three ten, boys. I got to say three boys. Two bad. And two bedroom, we just got an electric. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now Jake has an electric guitar because we just like punishing ourselves. Um, <laughs> At least it's not a drum set. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so it's just, and this whole process has helped them realize, oh, you know, we don't need all of this fancy stuff to be happy. And they realize it. I mean, our house is always full of kids. And I don't know if that's just because the other parents are smarter than us and they kick the kids out and we're the suckers that let them in, you know, but, um, but it's just, uh, just through these little practices of being grateful um, mm-hmm. for what you have. And, oh, you know, 
know what? You don't need that to be content. It's okay. We can still have fun without all the fancy things, or um, you can still have a good time with your family and not have this huge sprawling mansion. So mm-hmm. we've just done that through through little life choices and helping keep our kids understand that they, again, keeping that entitlement monster away. Yeah. They're not entitled to any of this stuff. Everything that you have is a blessing. Yep. And uh, and then being capable of, of sharing and offering that to others too. I think that really helps them to be grateful because then they know, oh, I can bless somebody else. And kids, yeah. I think they really do like that. They get excited, especially, you know, like Christmas time, they'd, we, they'd buy toys and do the toys for tots things. And they mm-hmm. like playing Santa. They like giving. So yeah. giving your kids opportunities, like that I think is really helpful. Yeah. And that kind of brings us to our, uh, our next point of like looking ways to help others, um, help others. And this is one of those things where it's like, you know, when we say that, you know, man is man is basically bad, you know, and you can see it in toddlers. No one has to train a toddler how to have this big epic tantrum. It just comes <laughs> naturally. But there's something else that also comes naturally that I think is interesting. Almost every baby that I've ever interacted with wants to give you something. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, usually it's a slobbery Cheerio. They just want to give it and stuff it in your mouth. It's And you take it because it's a baby. There, yeah, I know. You're like, well, you can't not take it from a baby. But so just yep. looking at ways to help others that um, yeah. one of the great perspective changers is it's like when you're thinking, oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. When you find ways to find people who maybe have less than you and, and everybody, no matter who mm. you are, if you're the, the, the poorest person in America, you can find someone else that probably has less than you just look yes. a little further around the world um, to, to really looking for ways to serve and help others. And I think that's a great way to foster that contentment and to, and gratitude because you realize mm-hmm. how much you've been given when you start looking at maybe uh, people who haven't been given what you've been given and man, especially with teenagers. I mean, if you, if they can, you can go on a mission trip, maybe a family mission trip with your church to uh, somewhere that is more impoverished than your neighborhood. It is, I've heard so much testimony from teens who their minds were blown. They're like, oh my Mm. gosh, I really have it so good. And, um, and they, they do come out with more of a generous heart and they are more patient. They are more loving. And uh, so, especially if you've got teenagers in the house, if you can send them on a mission trip, I mean, I, I, Fully support that decision because I go think as it's a family if kids. you can. Yes. Oh man, the growth that can come that you guys can actually do that together would yeah. be amazing if you're able to. Yeah, mission trips. I'm going to say uh, just in general. I think a lot of times mission trips are you know less about whoever you're blessing and more about the perspective change that mm-hmm. happens when you go. It's it's kind of like. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna make, I'm gonna be a real dork here. I'm gonna quote uh, uh, the grandma from Dawson's Creek uh, when I never saw uh, that when, I know you didn't. Uh, but there's the, a grandma. Yeah, there's a grandma. I only thought there was the one the one cute guy. Yeah, yeah, the one cute guy. It's just him. It's just Dawson. Creek. Um, but uh, no, it's like uh, the her her granddaughter is like, what you think prayer actually changes God? And she goes, oh no, dear, prayer changes me. And so it's not like I'm, it's like I think there is something. Said that bombs. God responds to our prayers, but at the same time, yeah. a lot of times prayer, if we're doing it the way that I don't want to say there's like a right and a wrong way to do prayer, but like yeah. when, when you're doing it in terms of praising God and thanking him and mm-hmm. gratitude and also asking for requests, um, yeah. that there's a certain amount that it changes you. And so I think that's kind of what's going on. It's like, yeah, we go on mission trips to help change their lives, but man, mm-hmm. it changes our life because don't we all need a perspective shift? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Isn't it easy? So and actually, that's it keeps probably, you humble. <laughs> it does. And actually, that's probably one of the best things about 2020 is I think a lot yeah. of people had a perspective shift. And I think that's why people who uh, attended church regularly, probably their their mental health went up because all of a sudden they had that perspective shift. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I just want to end with, uh, well, a couple of things. This is just a fun fact that smiling actually, you know, we talked about how gratitude changes your brain. Smiling changes your brain too. And so it's Mm. one of those things where what you do physically, what you model physically actually tells Mm. your brain what to think sometimes. And so we're going to have a link to an article, a PDF, a scientific study on that, that I just thought that was fun. But it's a certain type of smile that actually changes your brain. It's not just any smile. Someone You can't just be like, hmm. <laughs> you know, and expect it for all the people on podcasts. That was me giving a really weak smile. Um, yeah, that, that does and nothing to I your gave brain. a scary face. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, I couldn't see myself. I've got the notes up instead of <laughs> I can't see myself. Um, so it's a specific type of smile and it's the smile of enjoyment. And yeah. It's one of those ones where uh, my mom used to always say, like, before I would get my school pictures, she's like, smile with your eyes. Oh, that was on a Project Runway episode. Oh, was it? Oh, my God. Yes, it was. (laughs) I just admitted I watched that show at one point. Yes. Yes. Apparently, my mom was in the know before Project Runway. Um, So it's like I, I, you know, I used to do acting so I can kind of like pull it out like that. But um, it's this smile of enjoyment where you're just really enjoying yourself. And sometimes it, I think my cousin came up with something body language in general can promote all these things. Like there was this thing she, she found like before you go into an interview, like, you know, to project, you know, this kind of good and joyous and energetic person to first go into a bathroom and like put your hands up and like, <sighs> like smile and do it for like a certain amount of time because it actually changes your brain. All these studies on things that change your brain are just, you're like, Oh, that's why God told us to think about those things. Oh, that's why God told us to have this kind of posture for things. Uh, That's why he told us to talk about these kind of things. No, this stuff changes your brain. Um, Yeah. Just make sure there's no one else in the stall behind you going, that chick is crazy. (laughs) You know, let's not think you're crazy. That's fine. Um, But when we were talking about like, you know, realizing what you have is enough and can contentment. One of the things, Mm -hmm. uh, and and talking about perspective change, there's this little poem that I read a long time ago that's called I'm Thankful. And it's author unknown, but we'll post it on um, on the podcast notes. Um, So this is how it goes. And I've actually used little things in this um, in my life before. So it goes like this. I'm thankful for laundry because my it means that my family has plenty of clothes to wear. I'm thankful for dishes because it means that my family has had uh, food to eat. I'm thankful for bill for bills because it means that we have financial provisions. This is slightly different than the one that I think I found. I'm thankful for making beds because it means that we have a warm, soft place to rest at night. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for dusting because it means that we have furniture to enjoy. I'm thankful for vacuuming because it means that we have a home to care for. I'm thankful for toys because it means I have children to bring joy to my life. So, mm-hmm. There's, I mean, this can go in all sorts of different ways. I'm thankful for homework because uh, that means that I'm getting an education. I'm thankful for really not good. This could be a good practice with kids. Like have your kids make up their own verses, you know? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm 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 thankful for really horrific book deadlines because it means that we have a book (laughs) that we get to write. I've literally said this to myself when I've been like agonizing over this deadline with John, I've stopped and be like, you know what? 
I'm thankful for this because it means that I have someone who wants, wants me to write a book. And that's like a really great thing. Why do I keep turning all these blessings into curses? Stop it. So yeah, so that I just want to leave us with that is this idea of perspective change, because as we talked about, ingratitude can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Ingratitude is also a doorway to a lot of sins. Gratitude changes your brain. So let's do that perspective mm-hmm. shift. Gratitude can be fostered. Um, we talked about how just looking for the good first, speaking that good, modeling it mm-hmm. for our kids, and then asking our kids, find something good about this situation, find something good yeah. about this person. Um, and then realizing that what you have is enough and fostering that contentment, all of these things, and then smiling, smiling and enjoyment. Um, all of these things actually foster greater mental health. They foster joy, they foster contentment and they foster gratitude. And it's also something that can be cultivated. So any awesome. final wisdom or parting thoughts? No, I think that sums it up perfectly. And just put it into practice, folks. Yeah. Dig into some verses, share them with your kids. Um, uh, I, I really like, oh gosh, I want to say it's Psalms like 90 through 100 are just really thankful and joyful and everything. So if you want to um, hop on any of those Psalms and look them up, I mean, just spend some time just being thankful and, and resting in Christ because it doesn't matter what goes on in this in this earth. The only thing that is faithful is God. Yeah. And we it, can, we can rest in that. Absolutely. And do it around the dinner table. I'm, I'm just picturing around the dinner yes. table, have everybody say something that they hate and then read that poem <laughs> about the changing the perspective and say, now take the thing mm-hmm. that you hate and say why you're grateful for it. So, mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so Ames, will you close this out in prayer? Sure. Father, we are so thankful that in the midst of all this craziness of past 2020 and whatever comes to to face us in 21, Lord, we know that you are ultimately in control. We know that we can rest in you. We know that we can be thankful and joyful, even when things feel like they're a bit out of control. Lord, we are, we're just thankful for that. We pray for these mamas and papas who have listened to this message. We pray that you will give them opportunities to pour into their little ones. We pray that you will give their little ones opportunities to pour into their friends, to show that joyfulness and faithfulness because it, self-pity, entitlement, frustration, anger, all of this can be so easy for us to fall into, Lord, which can lead us into all sorts of other sins as we saw through Romans. But we know, Lord, that when we keep our eyes on you, it doesn't matter what storm's going on around us, we can walk on the waves through you. And we are just thankful, Lord, for this opportunity to gather together to worship and be thankful in 2021. In your name, amen. Amen. This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. We hope you learned a little more about how to sift through ideas, accept the good, reject the bad, and now you can go teach your kids to do the same. Do you have any questions or maybe some ideas about future podcast episodes? Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we'll do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together. Oh,